Father, we thank you. We give you praise because you have heard us. Thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. But as we go into studying your word this evening, we ask you again for the spirit of understanding. We ask for the spirit of wisdom. We ask for revelation in the name of Jesus Christ. That we believe that you have heard us. Therefore, we declare as follows. God has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. All spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. If you believe it, turn to your neighbor and say, Understand is your portion. You will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. You will please him in all respects. He will bear fruit in every good work. And he will increase in the knowledge of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. I said the Lord is good. What do we do in our school of prayer? We learn to pray. We learn to make it a habit to pray all the time. Now, I've been looking at that subject with prayer warrior for some time, and I want to continue teaching about it. And let me just, uh, let's op- just open this portion of the Bible as our text, which I've been reading for some time now. That's um, Habakkuk chapter 2. Uh, what the Lord wants to do is to stir up something in our hearts by what we are on currently, this Habakkuk chapter 2 matter, so that He can do what He wants to do in our lives. Sometimes some people are not prepared or they are not guided, they hinder what the Lord wants to manifest. It would have been very difficult for God to speak to Samuel, except that Eli was there to give him guidance. Do you understand? So that's what happens. And many times you would just assume that Samuel will have heard by force, by force. No. The Lord will have just continued to call Samuel until he have enough understanding to respond the way he did. So we need to stir up our hearts to certain issues so that the Spirit of God can manifest some things in our hearts. Let's read this uh, Habakkuk chapter 2. It said, I will stand on my guard post. I will station myself on the rampart. And I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. Uh, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal, and it will not fail. He said, though it tarries, wait for it. For it will certainly come, it will not delay. Please allow me again to repeat something we have said countless times. I don't know exactly how many times we have said this, but let me just repeat it again. Whatever God wants to do on the earth, it requires our cooperation. One of the most time-wasting adventures Christians get involved in is critical analysis of what is going on in the country. Do you understand my point? What is going on you know, in any nation? They sit down and analyze and analyze 
believe me, most times it's a waste of time. They don't achieve anything. They are wasting precious time. You know, one of the things I say all the time is that everything has a cost. Many times in life, what we do is just value the financial cost of something. Do you understand? We don't put in other costs. For example, some people are doing a business. They say, okay, uh, we invested 20,000 naira. We made uh, 30,000. So our profit is 10,000 naira. And they're excited. They forget to check other things. All right? For you to say this was a profit. What was the cost of your energy? They don't check that. What else could you have been doing while you were doing that business? If by doing this other thing, maybe you had a job somewhere and you were earning maybe like 5000 that period, you understand? You don't value that one. Now, that 5000 that you're not getting is called an opportunity cost. It's something else you could have been earning. So that's a cost to this business. Do you get my point? So even though you think you made 10000 naira, if they want to do proper accounting, they say overall, did you make money? Overall, what's the cost of your own effort? It says 5000 he said, all right, that period, you know, you should have been at this particular point doing this, that, like giving you 2,000 naira. You didn't do that. So factor that one in when you are doing proper accounting. So you see this business, even though the business in itself is good, it's worth 10,000 naira extra, but to you, it's only 3,000. To you, it's only, do you understand my point? And that's what I mean by opportunity cost. Now, I'm going to emphasize something to us here. It's better to understand this. In life, that's how it is. Anytime you are watching Manchester United or Big Brother Africa, you may not die and go to hell, but you ask yourself, what else could I have been involved in? All right? Some things are neutral, like, like watching Manchester United. is neutral. It does not bless you. does not hurt you. Do you understand what I'm going to say? Uh-huh. But what else could I have been doing in that period? Some things are negative, like watching Big Brother. Do you understand? That one is a minus, a heavy minus. Do you follow? If you are doing that, on top of the fact that you could have been doing something else, your loss is even heavier. <laughs> you get the logic. Uh-huh. You are corrupting your soul. You understand my point? And you are wasting your time. Now, what I'm going to say is that so many of those things that we are, we are doing in life, what we are doing is we are wasting the opportunity cost is for prayer. For t- opportunity cost is for describing the Lord. And one thing that's very important we must never forget is this issue is this issue of magnifying the Lord. The more you talk about the Lord, the more His power is manifested in your life. Let me say that again. The more you talk about the Lord, the more his power is manifested in your life. I don't mean the more you go out to evangelize. The more you talk about him. You're talking with your friend. You're talking with your wife. You're talking with your husband. You're talking with just a neighbor. You're talking with anybody. You're talking with a stranger. The more you magnify the Lord, the more his power is made manifest in your life. Every day what people do... All right, is to magnify other things for us. For example, why do people die early? They say it's because they don't exercise. It's because they don't eat vegetables. It's because they don't eat this, they don't eat that. It's because of this, it's because of that. Then somebody will now start selling some kinds of drugs to us for long life. They package it, they'll give you a Chinese name so you can buy. So every day they magnify the cost of long or short life, as against the fact that it is a gift of God. If they forget that God gave commandments for long life, honor your father and your mother is the first commandment he said with a promise. Whether you jog or you don't jog, it's not what God is talking about. You can jog, eat well, eat right, you understand? You eat right, you eat well, you do everything, you jog, you exercise, 
And then as you are exercising, a truck fills, the brake fills, and it carries you and plasters you to a concrete wall. There goes your diet. Are you getting what I'm going to say? Yes, <laughs> because death is not an accident. It's an appointment. You're getting the principle. All right, so people just magnify physical things. It makes you look as if this flesh is all there is to it, but it's not true. So what Christians, when we are talking, the Jews were taught to, I mean, Israel was taught to talk like that. They were explained to you that the Lord, you understand, that's how they will talk. The Lord did not grant this to him. It happened that the Lord delivered him into the hand of a passing truck. They will not say it's an accident. They magnify the Lord by talk. And that's what I do when I'm talking. They say, God helps me with that. No matter how wise somebody is in doing business, give you all the strategies. I'll say it's a seed. When you do right, you know, yesterday I was teaching in the full gospel, all right? And we're talking about a very funny topic, the art of parenting. You see what's funny about it? That's what you are thinking. But coming from me, it's a funny topic. Have you ever seen me come here? Today we are talking about parenthood. <laughs> I enjoyed myself anyway. But what I'm talking about, one of the things I said to them is that no matter what you do right, because one of the things parents must do for their children, number one, is to pray for them. Because no matter what you think you have done right, it does not guarantee a child will turn out well. This point I'm making, that all the right things you do, they are seeds. Are you getting my point? Yes. If you discipline your child, it's a seed. If you teach him the word of God, it's a seed. If you set a good example before him, it's a seed. Will it turn out well or not turn out well? Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered. God gave the increase. You cannot say, I know how to raise children. You will say, God crowned my effort with his blessing. That's what I'm talking about, magnifying God. So somebody say he knows how to do business. No, you don't talk as if this man is very smart. No. You say, ah, he's favored. He's blessed. Everything he did, God crowned the effort with his blessing. Because no matter what you know how to do, you understand? If God does not put a blessing on it, it will fail. It will fail. It will fail properly. It will fail failingly. I have to say it, you know, find different ways to emphasize this thing. Just by the way, never in life think you know how to do it. When they say, we did try. Please learn to say that. We are just doing what we know how to do. We are not the ones, are you getting my point? Bringing forth the results. That is, we know how to get up, we have gotten up. We know how to go out, we have gone out. We know how to talk to customers, we have spoken to them. Whether they will buy is a gift of God. Are you getting my point? Yes. Whether they will come back is a gift of God. Whether we will make money is a gift of God. Whether there will be profit in it is a gift of God. I'm talking about talking about God now all the time. The more you talk about God, do you follow? If I, I, I like, I like. Look, there's a scripture I need to read. It's a beautiful scripture. It's Joab that was speaking here. Let me quickly get there. All right, First Chronicles chapter 19. First Chronicles chapter 19, verse 10. Now, when Joab saw that the battle was set against him in front and in the rear, he selected from all. Now, notice this. He selected from all the choice men of Israel, and they arrayed themselves against the Arameans or the Syrians. In verse 11, But the remainder of the people he placed in the hand of Abishai, his brother, and they arrayed themselves against the sons of Ammon. So there are two uh, armies against them, the Syrians and the Ammonites. Now in verse 12, which is why I'm reading this, he said, If the 
Arameans are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the sons of Ammon are too strong for you, then I will help you. Can you see what he's doing here? He did the best he knew how to do. He arranged his armies very well, divided themselves into two companies, one under his command, the other under the command of Abshai, his brother. He now said to them, if the Arameans are too strong for me, you will help me. If the sons of Ammon are too strong for you, then I will, shy, I will help you. Now notice verse 13. Be strong. Somebody say, be strong. He said, be strong. And let us show ourselves courageous for the sake of our people and for the cities of our God. What's the last line? And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. He didn't say, if you fight hard, you will win. He said, fight hard. Do the best you can. Have a good reason. After that, let's see what the Lord will do. Now, I'm talking about talking about the Lord all the time. That is, it didn't cross their minds that you see we are strong, so we will win. So just fight as hard as you can. Help me if I need help. I will help you if you need help. But as for the victory, it's of the Lord. That's what I'm going to say. You know, some time ago, we talked about this. That our conversation is prayer. How we talk to each other, it is prayer. Now, you know where I began this from? All right? Opportunity cost. Remember that. What is ordering by opportunity cost? A lot of times we spend undermining God's authority in life. We do that when we are doing political talk. We sit down and say, Buhari has declared he's going to contest. Can you imagine? These old men don't want the young men to rule. What is he looking for again? <laughs> as he headed today. Now, so that's what we do. We sit down all the time and analyze and analyze. But when we start all of that talk, I will tell them, listen, the Lord rules in the affairs of this country. He chooses the head of state. Do you understand my point? If he declares he's running, and he runs, and he wins, and they swim him back in, you know what it means? The Lord has chosen him. Period. Once they swear him in, I thank God for his life. I continue what I know to do, which is what? Praying. That's what I mean. All right? We have to learn to talk about God all the time. We have to learn it. You have to learn it. Somebody dies, don't say, this is the problem. He eats too much eggs. They say, look at, look at how that man has died now. We used to tend to eat vegetables. He wouldn't eat vegetables. That is the problem. Meanwhile, once, this was even, I saw the tweet by, um, it was this man's tweet where I saw it. This CNN man that took over from Larry King that time, before they sacked him. <laughs> Pierce Morgan, thank you. <laughs> it was Pierce Morgan that even tweeted it that time when I saw it. You know, the world's oldest woman died. And he pointed out that the woman hated fruits and she hated vegetables. Did you hear what I said? She was the world's oldest woman. She hated fruits and she hated vegetables. And she was the world's oldest woman. She died at almost the age of 120. Do you follow what I'm going to say? So Pierce Morgan pointed out that we knew what she loved. She loved red meat and pasta. The very thing they told us we kill everybody. That was all the woman ate. The woman said she hated fruits. She hated vegetables. So she ate red meat and pasta and lived to be almost 120. I think she was 117 thereabouts. Are you getting what I'm going to explain here? Listen, we must learn to give glory. When they say ascribe greatness to our God, please make it a habit. If somebody dies, say simply, his life is over. The Lord has recovered his spirit. No matter how clear it appears like, Give glory to God in everything. The more you talk about the Lord, this one I'm making, 
the more his power is manifested in your own life. Let's get that point clear. I, th- I feel like repeating this to Christians. The temptations of life, it happens all the time, is that we take our eyes away from it. You apply for a job, it's one of the lies you used to cripple your own destiny. You apply for a job, you don't get it. They say, ah, how did the interview go? You know I don't know anybody. You know, Chris, I mean, you know now. People say it all the time. Yes. You know I don't know anybody. So, okay, now that you don't know anybody, how did the interview go? They didn't take me now. You know, the important people have taken all their places. Anytime you say that, you kill your ability to get the next job. Do you know what you mean? When you say that, let me tell you what you mean. Either you don't know God or he's a nobody. Think about it. Either you don't know God or what? He's a nobody. You don't mean he's a nobody as in nobody. But what do you mean that as far as federal government employment is concerned, he doesn't have power? As far as employment in that big company is concerned, he doesn't have power. But he knows how to collect praise. Let's go and worship him in church. That's why God has power. It's only when they are laying hands on the sick. He has power. He, he, he knows how to make people speak in tongues. But when it comes to employment, that one is for senators. That one is for governors. You know, just before coming today, I was discussing employment, all right, in the federal government parasita with um, somebody. And it interested me. You know, learn to trust in God. Are you getting my point? It said, ah, that the, the chief executive is under pressure. I said, what kind of pressure? He said, the governor sent him 10 names. He could only employ one. Is it one or two? He mentioned the name of a senator covering that district. He said that one sent him seven names. He said he took one. He, he kept on mentioning big. He said I was there. I had my mind. You know, if you know the governor, you think you know somebody. I don't know whether I get my point. If you knew him, he said he said minister sent him. I can't remember the exact figures now, but I'll give you kind of clear proportion. Minister sent him ten names. He said he only took he could only take two from the minister's list. No, let me explain what I'm say. You, are, you, you go to, to the Minister of uh, Petroleum Resources, as an example, all right? And NMPC wants to employ. Are you getting my point? So you talk, and you know the minister. <laughs> and then you are so sure, and you tell everybody, and then yet your name, they, they release the list, they say sorry. You, you look at the minister like, ah, are you sure you really have power? But unfortunately, it's not the only one with power. All the power people came together. All the powerful people. The chief executive had no choice but to filter out. You send him 10 names. <laughs> the guy could not gauge your power. So take one from his list. <laughs> now, this, this was like 30 minutes before I arrived here. Just talking with somebody. We are just discussing just now. I realized that human beings don't have to forget that they don't have any power. Because when, it comes to, when push comes to shove, you realize that no matter how powerful you are. Anyway, let me just summarize it like this. It's only God that has power. Talking about magnifying God all the time. So there are statements you don't make. You know I don't know anybody. I, know, I like to repeat this testimony. One of our brothers, he learned that lesson. He learned it forever. He finished school. He needed a place for um, internship, house job. The school where he trained, he just, you know what he said to himself? I don't know anybody. So he didn't apply in the hospital there. He traveled across the country somewhere else where he knew somebody. Do you follow when God wants to teach his children a lesson, he teaches them hard lessons. Now, that place where I was supposed to apply, you know what happened? Assuming they needed 50 people, they got only 40 applications. No, I don't know why you got that. Where he said he does not know anybody, 
Assuming they needed 50 people, they got only 40 applications. So they took everybody, but he did not apply. Where he went to apply, where he knew somebody, those ones explained to him that they are not taking people now. But his name, they will take him when they, when they are ready. He finally came to Enugu. That's when he told me that, oh, God, I've learned my lesson. Because he told himself, I don't know somebody. He condemned himself. God is nobody. The God that he knew, he said he doesn't have power there. So he walked away. And God said, let me show you. I will bless those that didn't even call upon me. Yeah, many people went there. And God he said, look, just watch. Says I'm employing unbelievers. Just watch, 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 stand there. Look, that guy, you know him, he's your classmate, he's a sinner. Look at him, I've employed him. <laughs> and he now said, and you look and say, you see, and he does not know anybody. The Lord is good. I just feel like dropping that one for believers. Let's bear that in mind, all right? That's not our message, just putting some things together, right? So bear that in mind. So we must be careful to magnify him all the time. Anything the Lord wants to do on the earth, I wanted to, uh, that's where I began it from. He requires people. Don't forget that. Whatever I want to do on the earth, it requires our participation. What does it require us to do? I've talked about this again and again. What does it require us to do? It requires us, amongst other things, to pray. And look, we've been talking about this prayer warrior thing. Let me just remind us of where we began from. We said that it is not just how you pray that's the issue. It is who you are. You know, that's where we began from. That's how we tied this series, The Prayer Warrior. It's not just the technique of praying. It is a person that is talking. It's not whether you are hungry or you are not hungry. It is who you are. God actually checks who is talking when he's listening. That's what it's called righteousness. That is what it's called righteousness. Righteousness is that reason why God listens to you. Let's bear that in mind. And we've talked about the influence of faith in our lives. We've talked about that. Now, one of the things we've been talking about in most recent times is the fact that except there is expectation, prayer is not possible. I use the word expectation so as to prevent confusion with the word hope in modern English. Actually, what the Bible uses most of the time is the word hope. Hope is what we call, that's what I'm calling expectation. Just that when you use the word hope, people confuse it with something that is uncertain. In the Bible, hope is not uncertain. Hope is firm. Hope is sure. Hope is a convinced state that someone is in. That's what hope is. But in modern English, when we use the word hope, and it causes confusion for, a lot, for, us, a lot, for us a lot in Christianity, you know, we just assume it is something we desire, you know, a wish, something that I would like to happen. That's not what the Bible calls hope. When the Bible uses the word hope, it's referring to something that is, we have um, a good reason to expect. We have a good reason to expect. And that is what it calls hope. That's why I prefer to use the word expectation so that we don't confuse it. So when we don't understand that, what we end up saying is that hope is uncertain, but we need faith to give hope substance. So we, re- we misread Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 like this, that faith is giving substance to the things that we hope for. No, that's not what the Bible says. Even some translations that have tried to simplify it have said it like that, but that's not what it means. Hope, if you find hope, is because there is faith. So what it says is this, faith is the substance. We are not giving it substance. It is the substance that existed, and that's where there is hope. Are you getting my point? That is, without the faith, the hope could not have existed. It is not as if I have a wish, and I go for faith to make it solid. No. It is that anytime you say, what are you doing there? Say, I'm waiting for the rain to fall. 
Say, wow, you are waiting with an umbrella. Well, I'm getting ready. My name is Ahab. Why come are you, you have an umbrella? Or why are you rushing in your chariot and rushing, rushing to Israel? I have hope of rain. How do you have that hope? Are you getting the point now? Because Elijah, who just called down fire from heaven, gave me a word. And he said he heard the sound of abundance of rain. Therefore, I need to hurry. Because a man that can call fire from heaven. Do you follow my point? If he says he heard something, better believe him. So because of that, I am running to Jesus. Say, but listen now, the sky, observe it. The sky is clear. There is no cloud. Say, listen, Elijah said, King, rush. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. It's not about his desire. It's about information. That is what is called hope. So you see Ahab rushing to get ready simply because he heard the word from the mouth of Elijah. So when you ask Elijah, why did you say that to Ahab? Why you say, Elijah will say to you, I heard a sound. You understand? It's a spiritual sound. It's not like I desire rain. It's more I've heard it. And because I've heard it, I cannot start praying. That's what we've been talking about. So except you have a relationship with God so that you can have expectation based on his revelation, then prayer is not possible. Now that's what a lot of people don't realize. They, are, they need healing. They just be praying every day. Lord, healing. But they're not really, there's nothing firm. There's no expectation. It's just like, you know, somebody we advertise today, uh, ginseng powder, rub it on your head. You know, your hair may start growing again. You know the way they will bite. They don't expect anything, just that let's try everything. You understand? Let's try everything. Then somebody will come today and say, you know, they just keep trying everything the same way they are trying the prayer. Now, somebody, so somebody will not come to them and say, pray for 40 days. Let's go on a long fast. They do everything because they are trying everything. And that's why, I, you know, where was I preaching? I told, there, I told them, this is how you know God is not planning to answer you. When you go to every prayer house, just know that your prayer will never be answered. Now, that's not a joke. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. Go and tell all those women. Men hardly do it. It's women. No, if you find 10 people doing it, nine and a half are women. I don't know how I manage that half, but <laughs> okay, let's do the proper mathematics. If you find 20 people doing it, 19 are women. Going from one prayer house to the other. Tell them that I say you should tell them <laughs> that the prayer will never be answered. Just going from one prayer house to the other. Why? Because David Elijah will organize program, you will go. TB Joshua will organize program, you will go. All right? Serious will organize program, you will go. Then you now hear that uh, Pastor Banky is organized program. You, ask, you also come, you want me to pray. That's why I can't pray. Even if I pray for you, it will not. Why will it work? You are coming from where Juju men have been praying for you. Then I will now join my own prayer to the Juju men. That's how you know people that I will never get anything. Everywhere there's something spiritual happening, they are there. No discernment. And then they say, that when you are coming to tomorrow's program, bring a red cock. They will look found the red cock and go. He said, why are you carrying a red cock? He said, prophet said we should bring red cock. And you are looking at this fellow. See, you don't have a Bible. Please tell them that's what I said. It's the word of God. I want you to tell people. He said, where are you coming from? Are you really, have you noticed something? All the prayer houses, seven out of ten are run by women too. Go and check. Go and check. And then they pray at odd times. When responsible people are busy, they are praying. Eh? Monday morning. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't understand for people. That is when they go to pray. And if they are walking in certain places, they expect you to understand. 
and now take permission from work. Disappear at 10 o'clock on Monday morning. Let's not sit on that. The Lord is good. Now that's a prophetic word, so take it and go and deliver it. And you get to see people that maybe your mother is always going from one prayer house to the other. I say, Mommy, listen. Pastor Ban said, I should tell you. Nothing for you. That just sit at home. Because when you go and you gather all kinds of spirits. All kinds of spirits you gather. All these funny babalawas are now wear suits. They're all over town. They pray, you collect. Serious people pray, you collect. But it can't work. Because a little living leavens the whole lump. So their prayer has been spoiled by the prayers of the jokers that you put inside that bottle before they came. Now, back to what I'm going to say. So you see, except we have firm expectation in God's word, that is when our prayers are effective. Our focus is on what God has spoken. Not first of all, I said it many times, it's not first of all about our desire. There are things you did not even desire. You find in God's word, you start wanting it. It's not as if you wanted it yourself, but you just read it. you're just going through scriptures. I mean, Daniel, of course, he wanted deliverance, but at that time, what ignited his prayer was that he read the Bible, the book of Jeremiah. And he found out that, listen, hey, Jeremiah says 70 years. He checked 70 years. Ah, no, no, let's pray this thing into manifestation. Because of the promise of God that had come forth from his mouth, from the mouth of the prophet, it ignited faith in the heart of Jeremiah, um, of uh, Daniel, and then he began to pray. That's how it works. We're talking about that. So let's bear in mind, you're not an effective prayer warrior, except you're an addicted lover of the word of God. You are not. You're not an effective prayer warrior, except you're first a word eater. You must love God's word for you to be an effective prayer warrior. I used, I mean, I, then I, I used to meet a lot of people. They love to pray, but they never, would, they can't listen to anything. Give them a book to read, they will not read it. Say we are going for a seminar where they are teaching the word of God, they don't have the patience. But it is prayer time, they will shout and shout. Listen, I've told you many times, spiritual people don't impress me. They don't impress me, they don't. Tell them it's prayer time. They will pray from evening till morning. Take a nap in the morning and continue praying from morning till evening. I'm sorry to say it like this, but most of them, the prayers are ineffective. They pray blindly. They pray like one punching the air. When you are going to God, you have to take his word with you. You have to take his word with you. Except you have been trained in that word, you are weak as a prayer warrior. You have to, look, listen, among the things you will do is to learn what kind of prayer he will never answer. There are things he will bring as a prayer point. He said, this one, I'm sorry, <laughs> God will not answer this. No, I, told you, I don't want to remember this gist I gave you once. That one man, I, I respected him a lot. He's late now. A man, a tremendous man of God. So one day we were in his office, my mom and I, you know, we were talking. People come to him for prayer a lot. It was a genuine, I mean, serious man of God, serious one. So he said a man came, a woman came with her son, just like my mother was there with me. Do you understand? Except that I was an older person. I was a little boy. and little that I was a teenager. I was going to school. You know. But this was an older person, ready to marry. So the mother now dragged the son down with pictures of three young women. And after the prophet to pray that which of these three girls should this boy marry? You know, in my little mind that time, I thought, this is prayer now. I mean, what is wrong? You're a pastor. What else are you supposed to do? Pray. <laughs> Just by the way, it's not everything you bring to the pastor to pray. The Bible says, if any, is anyone afflicted, let him pray. You pray for yourself. 
That's not what James said. The ones that are supposed to call upon the elders are the ones that cannot help themselves. Okay? So, so the, the man said, then it impressed me. He said he told them that I don't pray such nonsense prayers. And I was taken aback. Like, what? Why don't you want to help you? I don't want to help the young man have a successful marriage. He said he told the woman that I don't pray such rubbish prayers. That's what he told the woman. I don't pray such nonsense prayers. I should pray that who will your son marry of these three girls? When he's sleeping with all three of them. Whether it was a word of knowledge or word from knowledge, I don't know. <laughs> but he got it right. The woman said, ah, how about? The man said, he's sitting down here, ask him. He said, why are we arguing over it? Is he not here? So the boy sat down there, he bent his head to him. He couldn't talk. He couldn't talk now. Are you getting my point? You see, now, then, as a young boy, I was like, he, when I become a man of God, I hope I won't be praying rubbish prayers. So this kind of thing was in my mind. That, because at that time, I was very small, of course. I felt that if I was the one, if I was the one, I would have gotten up. Kele, 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 Lord, reveal, reveal, reveal. The man knew the kind of thing that if you say, God would treat you like he treated Balaam. It's the same man who I, so of course, you know that kind of thing you don't take to God in prayer. It's the same person I told you that he had a very interesting anointing. Of course, because of our culture, you understand? A lot of women will come to him and people used to bring their friends, ladies, so that he will pray, so that they will have a son. Maybe they have children, they have like three girls, I you know in our culture, they have to have a boy and all of that. The man, you know, he never used to miss it. He will pray for you. You are having that son in 10 months' time. Nine months' time. Within a year, you have it. It didn't used to fail. But this is the point I want to make. He will never pray that prayer if you're a Christian. He will, he will drive you out of his office. If you come, ah, God bless you, sir. Good afternoon, sir. Say, what is it? You answer telling him. He will just get you to get up and get out. As far as he's concerned, you're a Christian. You should understand that there's no male or female in the kingdom. You should understand that children are the heritage of the Lord. So as far as he's concerned, there are prayers you don't bring to him. He said, but for unbelievers, he said, let's show them the power of God. No, that's how he used to do. He said, if they are unbelievers, no. Look, he will tell you, watch your time, count the dates. Once you're a believer, he won't pray you to deliver a boy. Never. You want to have a child, he pray for you. God, give her a child. That's a go. Whether it's a boy or against anyone you see, collect. I'm talking about being a prayer warrior. That if you don't love the word, and understand the word, you are not effective. You will be carrying all kinds of nonsense prayer points to the, to the Father. You will start doing witchcraft. You will be angry with the head of state, and you will join those who are saying, die by fire. And you look at your neighbors, all my enemies, sitting on my destiny, die by fire. <laughs> you cannot be an effective prayer warrior, except you are an addicted word lover. You can't be. Many times you'll be praying about things that are not supposed to be prayed about. We talked about it before. God has prayer points that he gave us. God said there are prayers. He said, don't pray. Yeah. For example, Paul said, love your enemies. He said, bless them. Don't curse them. Two words he used there, two phrases. One, he said, bless. And the second, he said, don't curse. So I have to emphasize it. Now, this is surprise many Christians. Don't keep on bringing all your needs. Father, food. Father, job. Father, uh, uh, money. Say, so this is how Gentiles pray. Say, so what should you do when you come? 
Father, your kingdom in my life, around me, in the name of Jesus. Anger, out of my life. Covetousness, be gone. Lost of every kind, I reject you. I resist the devil in my life, in the name of Jesus. Power to fulfill my ministry, I receive it in the name of Jesus. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of light, ability to know the mind of God so I can please him in every season, I receive it in the name of Jesus. My ministry, effective ministry, he says, say to Archippus, take heed that you fulfill that ministry that you have received from the Lord. You can do that the whole night, the Lord is pleased. You get the point? But this year, my year of breakthrough, money, come. God said, yeah, they have come again. I speak to money, come in the name of Jesus. Money, food, job. Ah. So, oh God. That's God talking, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Say, they have come again. <laughs> So you cannot be an effective prayer warrior. That's what we're trying to say. Except you understand the word of God. These are the points you should bear in mind. So that's why if you see anybody say he loves to pray, doesn't love to read his Bible, or love to pay attention to preaching, to teaching, tell the fellow you are wasting time. Many of those pray- prayers are unnecessary. I've been to places before. People, people raise prayer points, and I'll be wondering, if I pray this prayer, wouldn't God leave, no, drive me out of ministry? I told you I once to, to Bible school once, you know, school of ministry actually. And the one pastor was praying, he said, You will pray that everything that will be taught that will be taught today, the devil will not take it from my heart. I did like this. And in my mind, devil, come. Come and try. That was always my in fact, one woman beside me, actually after a while, she tapped me and said, Which do I attend? Because we came from different places for the school of ministry. Say, which do I attend? What is it with the church I attend? Like, you know, my mind, I don't know you. <laughs> you don't know me. What concerns you with the church that I attend? And that time, I didn't even know uh, even me. I wanted to ask me, which church do I attend to? <laughs> I wasn't sure, too. Because then I used to go everywhere. The, once the word of God is, you know, we go around looking for prayer. You understand? I used to go around looking for the word. When I first arrived in Lagos, I, I, I look, listen. What I used to do those days is copy addresses down. Once I see a poster, this man is coming to town to preach. I don't. I didn't used to look for who's who's doing miracles. Is who's preaching, who's teaching. I used to copy it down. That's how that was how I was those days. But that, I answered the woman. Let me let me let me make a long story short here. I can't remember what the, what the answer I gave the woman. You know, she said that she's noticed that they are releasing prayer points. That I keep my hand folded like this. I didn't even know my hands were folded, but I knew I was bored. Said I'll fold that people are praying and praying, my hands are folded, and I'm staring. But I said, Madam, I'm wondering what you are doing. Do you get what I'm saying? For me, I didn't know how to explain to her, Madam, those are not prayer points. I'm sorry, they are not prayer points. I felt like I said, Madam, they are not prayer points. I can't pray them. God won't answer. I can't, you know, my spirit doesn't move. You say, pray that the devil will not collect what you are hearing today. I felt like, I, felt, I said, Madam, open your Bible. The Bible says that those that heard and did not understand, those were the ones that the devil took. Hey, madam, it's those who, who heard and didn't understand. So I realized that's not my prayer point. And God sees my heart. God sees my heart that day. I was like, devil, you want to collect? Come, let's see. Let's see what you can take. Come, come, come and try. Because Jesus made it clear that if by understanding you sink your roots, that is, the word sank its root into your heart, 
Satan can't take it. It's those ones that drop by the wayside. It's okay. Are you sure you get understand? It is simple. Ask for understanding. There are two ways you get understanding. One, you ask for it. And Solomon said, you what? Pay attention. If you have said that, pray that the Lord will help you with attention. I'll be with you. But direct my prayer at the devil that he will not take it. I'm sorry, Satan. Just try. If you take it once, I will respect your ability to take. I'm serious about that. I stop. God, please, I hope I, I know I may sound arrogant to some people, but that's your problem, not mine. All right? Let me just say what I want to say. That was why I stopped going for prayer, uh, all night prayer, do this. I got tired. People will keep me up all night. I can't make sense out of two prayer points in five hours. Begin to pray. Money, come. Money, come. Me? How will I be talking to money to come? He knows. The Lord says, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. I don't talk to money. Money, come. Money, come. Money, come. Money, come. Hey, come. I come. Come. <laughs> the whole night. I don't do that. I can't join people to be praying against curses. Ask my wife. She's here. She has never heard me say it before. All the people that are sending curses, you know, altar versus altar versus altar. I've gone to church before and they are raising altar versus altar. I'm sorry, I can't join you. I'm sorry to say it's the word of God. Most of those prayers, they are ineffective. Paul calls them shadow boxing, you know, boxing the air. There's nothing there, you know, there's nothing. You can't locate the enemy, you're just throwing punches. Where is the enemy? You don't know. That's a matter of a prayer cannot be effective, except there's understanding in the heart. So they will not waste prayer time. Many things are not our problems, we are praying about them. I hope you understand my point. It is not possible to be effective in prayer except you love the word of God. Prayer must be stirred up in your heart by the word. Habakkuk chapter 2. He said, I will stand on my guard post so as to see what the Lord will say to me. I know, like I said at the beginning, I want to teach some things, all right, just to stir up in our hearts the knowledge of the spiritual so that we can desire and experience that which God wants to do. Now, I'm going to be specific now. Now, the Lord reveals. Let me, let me just start with that. I already explained that except there is understanding, except there is revelation producing hope, producing expectation, prayer is not effective. And that is why the Lord makes it a point to reveal to people, especially when they are like Habakkuk and they are paying attention. The things I've said up to of the, in the last few minutes up to this point, you see that I said, except you have understanding. That's what Habakkuk said. Habakkuk said, I will stand on my guard post, on my watch, to see what he will say to me. That's the point I'm trying to make. That's the foundation for prophetic praying, is understanding of what the Lord has spoken. That is how it starts. So the first place we get revelation from is from the written word of God. I said everybody should read this book, um, Guided by the Spirit. In that book, there are two main segments. The first segment is on how God guides us normally. And in it, I emphasize that it is nothing esoteric, you understand? It is just constantly being trained by the word of God. In the same manner, revelation, things you are going to pray about, are things that are stirred up in you, desires that are stirred up, um, expectations, um, 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 hope that is stirred up by the fact that you are constantly interacting with the word of God. Please, that should be your primary focus. I need to emphasize that again, please, because it's important. It must be your primary focus. 
Don't go around looking for dreams because I'm going to talk about, I mean, briefly about special revelations. But don't go around looking for dreams. Don't go around looking for visions. Do you get my point? But they come. But you are not allowed to go looking for them. Last time we prayed a prayer that the Lord will send agabuses. You know what they call agabuses? Prophets, credible prophets that really know the mind of God. He said, listen, please, we prayed the last time. I'm asking you to make it a regular prayer in your life. Not for yourself now. I mean, not like God sends prophets that will be telling me what will happen tomorrow. That's not what I mean. I mean as a body. That the body of Christ needs that office, you know, developed again. In, 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 well, just to quickly think about it now. I've said this all to us before. Most of the prophets we have around are fake. You know that. I hope you know that. Many, most of them are not even Christians. Generally, in the body of Christ, we have developed offices like pastor, teacher. We have a lot of them. Do you understand my point? We do have even uh, apostles. We do. People who go around, you know, aggressively pushing the gospel. But we don't have a lot of prophets. Some of our prophets have done me bad things. They've left prophet, prophesying. They've done all that. They've got apostles' friend. You know your friend. I love him very much. So we need to pray for him to come back to prophesying. You know, it's zeal, not a wicked man, just zeal. Zeal sometimes can make people derail, all right? Now, the point I'm making is that so as a body of Christ, we need to pray. It is not right for things to keep on taking us unawares. Naira is going to fall. We don't know about it. Prosperity is coming. We have no idea. Are you getting my point? All we are doing is running up and down all over the world, chasing prosperity. By a prophetic word, Isaac was told not to leave the land. Do you get my point? Yes, the revelation of God came to Joseph. He prepared Pharaoh for what God wanted to do. Agabus came and warned them about the famine that was coming. Now, there are a number of reasons why God reveals things to us. Let me just talk about them briefly. One reason why he reveals things to us is he's saying to us, this is what I want to do. That's number one reason. Of course, I'm not putting them in order, but let me just mention them. One reason he reveals things to us is that he's saying, this is what I want to do. I want you to pray it into existence. God wants to do something. He still requires us to cooperate with him. He said, this I will have the children of Israel ask me for. I will increase their men like a flock. When God wanted to deliver Israel, we saw what happened. Daniel began to pray. When Jesus was going to come, we saw what happened. Hannah began to pray. Simeon began to pray. Many people were praying. Many people were praying. Jesus will say, Pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers into the harvest. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. So when God wants to do something, many times he will give a revelation. Like Jesus said, he said, look, the harvest is ready. They couldn't see it, but he could see it. So he told them, pray. He said, this harvest is plenty. You are saying many months there will not be harvest. He said, I'm telling you, the harvest is ready now. He was talking about another harvest. He said, but listen. And he said, when Jesus said that thing there, what happened was that the Bible says he used to send them out two by two into every place that he himself wanted to come. But he didn't have enough people to send to, to the, all the places he wanted to go to. Therefore, he said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he will push out laborers into the harvest. That's why I pray the prayer I pray for you now. That God will come wherever you are hiding. Come and do your work. Because there are many places we want to go to. Even in Kingdom World, I've also given it. There are many places we want to go to. We don't have enough people to go. I'm not going to division myself into twice. 
That's the good idea now. <laughs> you understand? I can't do everything. I need people to, to you know, you know, you know, people you know, do different things. I, I thank God for all our co-workers, you understand? But we, we need people who teach the word. They are needed. So Jesus, let's just get back to the message. So Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he will do what? Send laborers into the harvest. So one of the only reasons why God gives us revelation is so that what he wants to do, we can pray with him. That's why Jesus used to give prayer points. You pray the Lord of the harvest. That's number one. Number two reason why God gives revelation is this. He will say, look, this is how things are going. According to one of my friends, going by the natural order of things without divine intervention, this is what will happen. Many times we don't know that. So God reveals it to us that, listen, this is what is going to happen. At that point, what he's saying, pray that it will not happen. So that's why he will say to Israel, I'm looking for a man that will stand between me and these people so that I will not be forced to pour my indignation on them. He said, but I didn't find any. He didn't want to punish them at that time. He said, but there was no intercessor. There was none that stirred himself up to take hold of the Lord. So God had no choice but to pour his anger upon the people. You know, I, I went to Sokoto the other day. I went to preach. So I spoke with my friends where there was one particular man of God there. And he gave me the testimony of what God did for them in that Sokoto, in, in Northwest. Right? That's Northwest, right? Sokoto is Northwest now. Yes. For what God did for them in Sokoto, you know, that whole area. Because if you see, generally, that area was not seriously affected by this Boko Haram crisis. Do you understand? It wasn't seriously affected. There were just a few... There's one or two things that happened that day, you know, there was a bomb blast, you know, those early days, all right? Those days there was a bomb blast, then there were some white men kidnapped in Kaduna or so. It was actually Sokoto they took them to. Just a few stories you hear. But all this one of bomb blasts here, people kidnapped here, killed here, attack of villages, killed 10 people here, 20, 30, 50. All of that was in the northeast. Ravaged, of course, you know, um, Bono State. Um, um, Adamao was affected. Uh, is, is it about you now? Yobe. Yeah, seriously affected. Now, you just heard in the news, you don't think much about it. Do you understand? But when I was there, when they told me, so one of those ministers was not giving me the testimony of the kind of things that they went through, that is prayer that they prayed, the way they stood. And not just standing now, as in not just praying now, they prayed and did what? And stood. They didn't just pray and go to hide. Somebody like my friend Pastor Courage, when the problem began, he declared 30 days service in church. He said, they don't want us to come to church. That's what it's all about. He said, so we're going to show them that we're not afraid. So he started a 30-day program in church. They had service every day for 30 days. Did you hear what I said? 30 days straight, they had service. Every day for 30 days, they were praying. Every day for 30 days. Once some people came to him and said, we need to go and get metal detector and bomb detector and detector of, de- detector of detectors, everything. And he asked them, say, after you have finished detecting, there was no answer. He said, listen, we are Christians. Let's go and do what we know how to do, which is what? Pray. So they prayed. They prayed and did what? And stood. That's the point I'm making to you. And God answered them. God answered them mightily. They were not giving me testimonies of the deliverance of God. That Boko Haram tried many times to penetrate that area. But God kept on pushing them back. So some of the ways by which the military will detect their presence will be miraculous. One of the testimonies I heard that a soldier 
No, the, one, one, the commander just sent some forces. I just walk around the bush. Just make sure everything is in order. Those one were just going around patrol, patrol. They didn't know anything was going on. No. Then the Boko Haram people sighted them and thought they had detected their presence. They had a hut in one, in, they had a house in a quiet area, you know, in the bush there, that they had packed with weapons and men. So when they sighted the soldiers, you know what they did? They released, you know, shots. So the soldiers gently ducked and radioed the headquarters and said, guys, wahala deal. It was just a routine patrol. The kind of patrol that if those guys had known, they would have just kept quiet, those guys would have passed like nothing was happening. Of course, when, they, when those ones got the message, they arrived with bigger weapons. It happened many times that the commander testified that the way we detect these people, it's, it's mysterious. That's the word. They say it's mysterious. They will do everything to hide. The soldiers will find them out. So many times they tried to penetrate that area. Don't think that they didn't try. But God just kept on checkmating them. Now, this is not why, that's not why I'm telling the story. This is why I'm telling the story. He now made a statement to me. He said, after that, they thought and looked and said, what happened in the northeast? And they came to one conclusion. Listen to this. That the people that God sent there packed and ran away. I don't know whether you hear what I said. That the people that God sent there left their duty post. And that was why those people were able to take the place over. It's a spiritual battle. So many times when God reveals things to us, what he's saying is this. This is what will happen according to the natural order of things. Then I'm depending on you to make sure it does not happen. And one major way by which you make sure that doesn't happen is through what? Prayer. Bear in mind. Number three reason why God reveals things to us is so that we can prepare for them. There are things you can't do anything about. You can't pray for them to happen. You can't pray for them not to happen. Why can't you pray for some of those things? Because everything has a time, you know, has a time, um, how do I call it now? Has a time limit, has a time frame, has a time definition. So sometimes, like God will say, the destruction has been determined. Once it has been determined, he said you can't change it anymore. So what he will say is, now what do you do? Go and prepare for it. So when Agabus said there's going to be famine, that famine could not be stopped. The church could not pray for it not to happen. So when Agabus said it, do you understand? What the church could do was what? Prepare relief for those that will be affected. When Joseph saw that there was going to be abundance, the abundance was starting immediately. There was no way to stop it. After, he was not even needed, he was not needed to activate it. There will be severe famine. There was no way to stop that. So why did God give him revelation? He said, so that you will know what to do with the abundance of seven years. So as to tackle the famine that will follow. Are you getting my point here? Jesus gave them revelation. He said, when you see the army surround Jerusalem, know that her desolation is what? Is near. Now, if you're on the rooftop, don't go in to get your hat. Run away. Jump down from the rooftop and disappear. If you're outside the city, don't return to the city. He said, because the tribulation will be great. He said, but you can pray a number of prayer points. Remember those prayers when he gave them? One, pray that it will not happen in winter. Two, pray that it will not happen on the Sabbath. Because on the Sabbath, you won't seek very good to hire. 
Nobody to ride your donkeys for you. Even you as, a, as an Israelite, your conscience will be defiled. That you are doing more than a Sabbath day's journey. So, so I have two prayer points for you. Number one, pray that it will not be on the Sabbath. And two, pray that it will not be in winter. It's difficult to run in winter. But as far as that thing was going to happen, there's nothing you can do about it. So what do you do? You prepare for it. You are getting my point here. These are the reasons that God gives us revelation. These are the reasons why he tells us things. Like I said at the beginning, what I'm just doing is stirring up our hearts. That's what I'm doing. I'm stirring us up so that we'll open our hearts to such things. They do happen. Like last time we prayed, I'm going to pray again today, that God will give us revelation in these areas of things we're supposed to prepare for so that we won't be living our lives carelessly. So that we won't be living our lives carelessly. Of things that should not take us by surprise, things that we can stop, and things that he wants to do that we need to pray into existence. I can assure you, God wants to start a revival in our nation again. I thought you would say amen. Amen. Now, you understand how this, why the revelation comes now. So let me just say this again. A revival will break out, break out again in this country. Amen. It will move across the country. Amen. From the east to the west. Amen. From the north to the south. Amen. It will travel through every corner of this nation. Amen. So what, what are we supposed to do? We pray for it to happen. We start praying. The Lord send laborers into the harvest. Send resources with them. He said, the Lord has sent me and his spirit. Lord, release your spirit mightily. Teach your church. Because these are the things that happened, that, that needs to happen. Teach your church how to prepare for such things. Teach them dedication. Teach them that literally this world is not their home. That this world is not their home, even though they are not just passing through. Are you getting my point? One reason is that so that they will not focus all their energy building tabernacles on the earth as if there is no heaven again. Living as if what they are living for is just what is on this earth. Say, Lord, time to shake your church and teach them the truth. You start praying for things that are, walls must break down. What did I say? No, you didn't say it well. What did I say? Yes, they must break down. Some of these walls that, you know, churches do one funny thing. If one major church is doing a program here, so that our members won't go, we suddenly organize a program. We've We've seen billboards do. Pastor Kemote is coming to town. We've seen big boys organized by one particular church. Now we go, look, look, look. Say, no. So we'll organize our own program. Say, Pastor Yenka is preaching too. That's it. <laughs> the same five days. That's why I just needed to highlight those things. God reveals things to us. One, so we can cooperate with him. So we can say, Lord, let your will be done. When Jesus said that it will be done on earth, it was not just a nebulous will. What he was saying, that that which you want to do, let it happen. So I'm saying it again, and I'm, sound, I'm feeling prophetic. I don't know whether I'm really prophetic, but I'm just feeling so. <laughs> you understand? No, I think it's prophetic. Yeah, because I have a testimony of agabosis. That in this country, revival will soon break out. Amen. See, Bono State, all the trouble you saw in the Northeast is called tilling. What did I call it? Tilling. Yes, the land is being tilled. Now, we are going in, and we are going to plant the word there in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, when you hear churches fall apart, scandals start, don't be afraid. What did I say? Don't feel bad. No matter what breaks a church, eh? when you hear it, don't worry yourself. Just smile. Say, it's walls coming down. Just say, it's walls coming down. 
that behold, the Lord is, will do a new thing. Ah, I got a hold of this book. And listen, it's exciting me. The Messenger. The story of Sidney Elton. Otherwise known as Pi Elton. You'll be reading pages like this and you'll be getting excited. You'll be getting excited. The prophetic words, he said this and I believe it, that what God wants to do in the end time, that Nigeria is crucial. He prophesied these things. He began to prophesy them in around 1940, late 1930s when he came to Nigeria. He's been prophesying these things. Are you getting my point? That is for almost 80 years, men have been prophesying. He spent his life here. Trained people. One, one man who's coming to town is one of the people he trained. And I read the words that he uttered. I said, my God. You know, there's one song in Nigeria that says, The labor of our heroes past shall never be in vain. That's our national anthem of that time, Abi. Wait, I'm getting confused now. Why are you laughing at me? What is the current national anthem? Arise, O compatriots. Nigeria's got to be. Are you sure? Okay, it's raw, it's raw. The labor's over here. I'm even happy. I'm even happy. You know why? Because I wasn't happy. Why did we change it? I didn't know it was current. Oh, it's prophetic. Hallelujah. Oh, it's prophetic. Oh, it's prophetic. It's prophetic. Now, listen. That line of the national anthem is prophetic. He said, the labors of our heroes past shall never be in vain. We look at it as people like, uh, you know, Nam Dazikiwe, Obafem Maolo, all those people that fought for independence. Now, hear the word of the Lord today. It is not those people that our heroes passed. Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. Who are the heroes? I'm telling you people like Sidney Elton. Yes, sir. They are the heroes. People like Babalola, those are the heroes. People like Benson Dahosa, those are the heroes. And hear the word of the Lord. Their labor shall never be in vain. Amen. What does that mean? Wherever they stop, we are carrying it further on. Yes, Listen, don't let the world be tossing up and are looking for prosperity. It's against the will of God for you to be looking for prosperity. Prosperity will find you when it needs to find you. Amen. Listen to me. Nobody here today will ever look for prosperity. Amen. It will come to you by itself. Amen. The Lord will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. You will never go looking for it. This is what you will go looking for. You will go out on missions and praise the gospel. When you stay up at night to praise her, you will look at your hands and say, Lord, these hands must heal the sick. As it is written, they shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. And you will stay up all night praying that prayer. Yeah, anytime you see the sick, you will be angry. You hear somebody was sick in hospital for five, five weeks and the person died. You will be angry. And listen to me, one day in anger, you will carry a dead body and you will yank it off the bed and the fellow will keep walking. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to me again, the labor of those heroes will not be in vain. Ah, Archbishop Bidawasa came and shook Benin. He did. Once again, Benin will be shaken. Edo State will be shaken. The whole of the South South will be shaken. The whole of the South will be shaken. And the whole of the country will be shaken. And mark my words, Africa will vibrate. In the name of Jesus. All those lying prophets from East Africa, their mouths are about to be shut down. They fill all our, what they call, satellite channels. You see them? Liars. 
In the name of Jesus, their mouths are closed from now on. The labors of our heroes' past will not be in vain. It won't be in vain. It won't be in vain. Ah, A man like Elton came from his country, stayed in Nigeria, and died in Nigeria. Stayed here and died here. And said, he said it with his mouth, that I don't have any inheritance back in England. All my life belongs to Nigeria. God put a word in his mouth. He prophesied NYS into existence. That the federal government will pay young people to go around preaching the gospel. Listen to me. You will do your portion. Ah, you will carry that grace further. It will not happen that God started a thing and it just disappeared, just fizzled. No, no. From now on, look, money is not your problem. Husband, wife, children, job is not what is, is pursuing you. Your primary goal in life now is the labors of these heroes will not be in vain. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will carry the gospel to jungles. You will carry this gospel to cities. You will carry this gospel all over Africa. And listen to me. One day, white men will gather to hear you preach the gospel. Asians will gather to hear you give them the word of God. You will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Rest your feet, let us pray. Rest your feet. I've been the one declaring. Now begin to say with your own mouth. Say, these hands, these hands will demonstrate the power of the Spirit. The labors of the heroes that have gone, they will not be in vain. Their labors will not be in vain. In the name of Jesus, will not be in vain. I will do my part. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Fill me with power. Let me be endued with power. Open your mouth and pray. Let me be endued with power. I receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit so that the labors of the heroes that have gone will not be in vain. In the name of Jesus, we will lay our hands on the sick and they will recover. In the name of Jesus, we will preach this gospel with fire. Ah, Rehon Bonke wrote a book, Evangelism by Fire. Yes, the fire of the Holy Spirit is upon me. It's not on my enemies. It is on me. It is on me. I receive the fire of the Holy Spirit. 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 Say, declare with your own mouth, I am not living for what I am going to eat. I am not living for building a house. I am not living for buying a car. I am not living for material prosperity. But I seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is my primary assignment. I am seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Is my primary drive. I am seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is what is pushing me. That is the spirit that is inside me. All other things will be added to me. But those things are not my focus. In the name of Jesus, I make my choices to please the Lord. I make my choices to fulfill the destiny. He says, say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry that you have received of the Lord that you fulfill it. Declare, I will fulfill the ministry of God for me. I will receive my ministry. I will be faithful in the name of Jesus. The Lord will look at me one day and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Say, the heroes, their labors will never be in vain. In the, declare with your own mouth. This country, you are pivotal in what God wants to do. I will not run to and fro looking for prosperity, but I will stand. I will resist the gates of hell. I will advance, and the gates of hell will not be able to stop my advance. In whatever I do, I am advancing the gospel. In whatever I do, I am advancing the gospel. In my average workplace, it's a, it's a, mission, it's a mission position. It's a mission position. I may be working in civil service. It's a mission position. I may be in broadcasting. It's a mission position. 
I may be in medical field, it's a mission position. I may be in education, it is a position of mission. From where I am advancing the truth of Christ ah, in the name of Jesus, it will happen. The revival will break out in this nation. It will break out in secondary schools. It will break out on campuses. It will break out in government offices. It will break out in corporate offices. In the name of Jesus, every wall, mm, pray that prayer, every wall, Every wall that is stopping this wave from building. Because you see, if you put too many walls, waves can't build. Every wall that is stopping this wave from building, break them down, Lord. We command them to be broken. In the name of Jesus. We speak to the wall of denomination. Be broken. In the name of Jesus. We speak to the wall of denominations. Be broken. In the name of Jesus. I want us to pray this prayer. You know, please just, just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. I, want us, I just feel like we just, just help me here. Help me here. Help me here. You know, earlier on we talked about these people that migrate from, you know, you know north, um, east, you know, the middle, uh, north central, and then from um, corners to come and work in Enugu. Not only in Enugu, all over the south. You understand? They come here digging. They come here fetching water. You understand? Gate men. Now I want you to pray. Say, Lord, Muslims, nominal Christians, let the revival, no, let the word of Christ break out amongst them. Do you get my point? You know why? Because they will be the one to carry it and go back home with it. That's why God sent them here, not to come and dig. I don't know whether you get the point. We have been very negligent. We go to church and dress very well and leave our megad at home. And we are wondering why they are breaking into our homes. If you were them, to wouldn't you break into homes when you are not receiving the gospel? I want you to pray. Please, join me. And say, Father, amongst all these young men, they are mostly men. Sometimes they come with women. But amongst all these young men that migrated down to come and walk, Lord, we ask for your word to break out upon them. Let your gospel break out upon them. Energize those, those Lord, who are walking amongst those people. Let your gospel, Lord, break out amongst them. In the name of Jesus. Lord, why are we asking? So that you will send the gospel back up north through them. Oh, Lord. So that you will send the gospel back up north through them. A crippled man looked at Peter and John. They wanted uh, 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 arms. But Peter gave him what he did not ask for. They came here looking for work to earn money. They will end the gospel in the name of Jesus. Yes, they came looking for money. Work to earn money, but in the name of Jesus, they will get the fire of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, declare the revival of God is breaking out all over this nation. Say, Nigeria, catch fire for Jesus. Nigeria, catch fire for Jesus. The Sultan will speak in tongues, the Emir of Kano will speak in tongues. In the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit will fill this nation. Let's declare with our words. Let's give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, we give you thanks. Let's say, Father, we give you thanks. Let's thank him. Say, Lord, I thank you this evening. Thank him because, indeed, God is doing something new and we are the ones that will carry it. Let's thank him. Say, Lord, I thank you because I am a vessel. I'm a vessel unto honor. I'm a vessel. I'm a tool in your hand. Yeah, thank God. Say, Lord, I thank you because I'm a tool in your hand. I'm a tool in the hands of God. 
I'm a tool in, you are a tool in the hands of God. God is using you. Say, God, I thank you because you're using me to bring forth that revival. I thank you because I understand your word. I thank you. I thank you because I understand what you're doing in this end time. And I thank you because indeed I am needed and I am, I've been equipped for the work that you're doing in this end time. Give God thanks. Thank him. Thank him because you now have a better understanding. Thank him because you are not confused. Thank him because you do not talk the way other people talk. Say, Lord, I thank you. I understand what you're doing now. I understand what you're doing now. And I cooperate with you in bringing out that thing that you want to do. In actualizing that thing that you are set to do. Lord, we give you praise. Blessed be the name of Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. Lord, we are so grateful. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing once again that you have poured on us this evening. We thank you for refreshing us again. We thank you, Lord, for instructing us again. We thank you, Lord, for injecting grace into us again. Lord, we are grateful. Blessed be the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. I said, in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Let us share the grace in fellowship. One, two, three, go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out of under the curse into the blessing. All things are passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ, this is a season of multiplication and dominion and shining forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let's just say that last line. You can say that to your neighbor. You say that to two persons and the last to yourself. Say that to your neighbor. This. So the next person, this is your season of multiplication and dominion and shining forth. In the name. Now the last one to yourself. This is my season of multiplication and dominion shining forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Cheryl, brethren.